Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? Rocket Ajax. This is the internet's most devilish podcast. I don't know why that's my devil voice. <laughs> that's my devil voice. That's it's kind of me doing Jack Black doing Wolfman Jack. It's kind of that, yeah. For some yeah. reason, I think D. Snyder would I hear that. Oof. Yeesh. Yikes. Well, it's, it's neither of those people. It's none of those people. It, my name is Chris Sims. With me, as always, is Matt Wilson. Matt, hail Satan! <laughs> hail Satan! Uh, as they say it on the first Tenacious D album. That's right, everybody. This is War Rocket Ajax number six six six, and we got a special one for you this time around. We're going to be raw as hell this episode. Hell yeah. We're going to be talking about some of the rawest moments in comics, as submitted by you, the listener. Maybe even literally you, the listener, who is listening to this right now. Uh, specifically, moments that involve hell, the devil, demons. That's right. Maybe the character El Diablo <laughs> from, <laughs> from Detective Comics Comics. We requested from listeners submissions for Thursday Night Raw that are specific, specifically about those subjects that Chris just listed. And we got, Chris, 13 submissions. That's, per- that's good. That's not as many as I would have thought, but that's good. We got 13 submissions, and we're going to go through them all. Will we be seeing... Mephisto. Will oh. we be seeing Satanish, Satanus, oh. Blaze, Neuron, Necron? <laughs> Only time will tell. And that is going to be our whole episode. We won't be doing our regular Chex Rex comics review segments this week, but they will Which be. Which is a shame because I actually do have a, a good, uh, unappropriate wreck this week. Well, what was yours? Cult of the Lamb. Oh. Nice. Uh, mine was not hell appropriate. It was just appropriate in that it was timely. But uh, oh, but we'll okay. get to we'll get to more of those next week. But what what I do want to do, Chris, before we get to our rise hell segment, when you say hell appropriate, it sounds like you're saying you're saying it's very appropriate. <laughs> hell but appropriate. In like a cool way. It's hell appropriate. It's hell appropriate. <laughs> Uh, we do want to thank our newest supporters on Patreon, though, Chris. That's right, Matt. Now, these are the the fiends that have gone all the way down to 666 Gimmick Street. And Matt, you know what the hell's there. It's the Devil's Tramping Ground, because the, the ticket booth was at 665. That's right. It's where Satan comes to Earth to plot the ruination of humanity. It's the Devil's... It's a devil's tramping ground. Yeah. You gotta park and get your tickets across the across the way. There is a pedestrian bridge. 
but it's not. There's no rails because you know it's because the devil made it. <laughs> right, it's not up to code. Yeah, uh, but you can. You, I mean, you can also like. There's also like a crosswalk, uh, just a, a little bit down. Uh, so you can go. <laughs> you can go. <laughs> you gotta walk past Mount Primus back to the butcher shop with the turkey as big as me, which is a six hundred. And that's when you, that's, you know what, Matt, they go to patreon.com slash ajax is what they do, where they can give us as little as a dollar a month. They could give us $666 a month to help us pay those gimmicks that the devil keeps sending in the mail called bills. That's right. I know some of you can afford it. Anyway, we have one new name to read out. On the show this week, that name is Peter Swanson. Oh, thank you, Peter. If you would like to be like our friend Peter Swanson, you can, as Chris said, head over to patreon.com slash warrocketajax and kick in as little as $1 per month to make sure that we do this show every week, that we do Comics Catch-Up monthly, that we do Every Story Ever monthly, and that we do Movie Fighters and Snack Situation. All of those shows are made possible by your support on Patreon, and as a patron, you get every single one of those shows that I just named completely ad-free in your own special Patreon feed that is only for you, just for you. If you are at the $5 level, you get bonus content on that Patreon feed, whether it be bonus audio that we record, outtakes from the show that I cut out and then put up on Patreon, uh, writing that we do that is exclusive to the Patreon. Chris has done a good number of video game reviews on the Patreon. I've written a couple of things over there uh, over the last few years, but most of the writing over there is Chris's. And uh, there's a good amount of bonus stuff there. If you sign up now as a $5 patron, you will have a tranche of bonus <laughs> content to go through. A what? Uh, a tranche. I don't at know about the, that. <laughs> at the $10 level, uh, you can get line-stepping privileges for our segments, including uh, Every Story Ever and currently Thursday Night Raw. And uh, at other levels, you get physical rewards. And uh, we got to start figuring out this year's annual t-shirt. We'll come up with a good one. Don't worry. Don't you worry one bit. We've had a good one every year that we've done a t-shirt. So 2024 will be no different. If you're unable to help us out on Patreon monetarily, uh, which, you know, that's the way it goes. You can't always do that. Uh, You can help us out in other ways. You can leave us a five-star review on the podcasting app that you listen to stuff on. Or you can let your friends know about the show, either in person or on social media. Uh, That would help us out a whole bunch, too. Word of mouth is very useful for getting new listeners. Chris, what do you say? We dig down deep into the pits and get raw as hell. I think we should do it, Matt. Devil style.
Chris, our first Raw as Hell submission comes to us from Chris Kaiser. It's not that this is not about hell and demons and things, but it's it's a little more kind of lateral thinking, I feel like, for the topic. It is a moment from Batman number 673 by Grant Morrison and Tony Daniel. Okay. From the story Joe Chill in Hell. Not one of my favorite parts of that run, but, uh, but you know, not a bad part. It is the moment where Batman gives the gun that killed his parents to Joe Chill after revealing that it was Chill's actions that created Batman. It is loaded with a single bullet, and we all know what Chill will do with it as Batman tells him, Sweet dreams, Joe. I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty raw. It's pretty raw. Uh, which is, like, kind of a, a a riff on the, like, original Joe Chill story, which is where Batman reveals his identity to him, and then Joe Chill runs out of of the room and goes to like some of his boys and is like, guys, you're never going to believe this. I'm the guy who responsible for Batman and those dudes kill him. Yeah. And they're like, wait, you're responsible for Batman. Fuck you, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty good. But like, yeah, this, this being like the, the Morrison and Daniel version of like the original 1939 Batman uh, with, uh, I don't think they give him purple gloves, but they do give him like short gloves and, and the short, uh, the, the kind of uh, ears that go off to the sides. Yeah. The, the askew ears. Yeah. He, he has those and he, and he has a gun like Batman did that one time. Yeah. He has he has the gun that killed his parents, like he did in in Batman Year Two. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And then he gives yeah. it to Joe Chill, which, like, the the idea of the story is that Joe Chill is in a figurative hell, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when when Batman tells him "Sweet dreams, Joe," uh, then he goes to a literal hell. <laughs> yes. I mean, the, the, the raddest part is that, like, he tells him that that after he shot Thomas and Martha Wayne, there was one bullet left in the gun that's still in the gun. And that's, like, that's raw for multiple reasons. <laughs> that's, that's a dude who's basically going, you should have killed me when you had the chance when I was eight. Yeah. Hilarious. It's pretty rad. It's pretty I, it, rad. It's pretty raw. This is in the, probably my bottom five single issues of the Morrison run on Batman. Along with that issue that's all text. And that one issue of Batman Inc. about the internet. <laughs> 3.0. Yeah. No, those those are the one the one that's all text wouldn't be so bad if it was like if almost, the art wasn't so bad. If it wasn't almost unreadable because the text is 
like all dis- uh, uh, distressed. Yeah, and, and and the art's all like weird, like weird like CG in in poser or whatever, like yeah. from Google SketchUp. Like if it was actually illustrated, like if if John Van Fleet had actually drawn it instead of doing whatever he did with this, mm-hmm. I think it would have been better. But it looks so bad. Yeah, it's and looked bad in like what was that? 2006? 2007 maybe, yeah. Yeah, like ugh. Like it, yeah. That one This that issue is rough. Not, yeah, this issue is not like that, but it is one of the weaker issues of the run. For sure. Uh, but that moment is good. Yeah. yeah. And and qualifies as raw, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, again. Pretty much any uh, instance of you should have killed me when you had the chance is going to be raw. When it's a guy saying that, implying that he should have killed him when he had the chance back when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's fucking... Just lone wolf and cub shit. That's like fucking Daigoro, you know. <laughs> I I don't know that every instance of you should have killed me when you had the chance is raw, but many of them are. I mean, yeah. I is there one that you're thinking of that you're like that one? That one does isn't raw. No, no. Because I feel like most of them are pretty fucking raw. The one that immediately comes to mind is Magneto. In X2, which is raw as fuck. <laughs> yeah, which is good as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should have killed me when you had the chance, Charles. <laughs> anyway, let's let's uh let's rank this. Let's rank this Joe Chill moment. The thing is, this is I mean, you said like this is maybe in your bottom five issues of the run. As a raw moment, this isn't even in the top ten rawest things that happen just in this like this run of Batman. True. Not even counting like Morrison writing Batman in JLA. Like because this run has some of the rawest shit of all time. I mean we've got several JLA Batman moments on the list of right yeah, now. Yeah we do. Yeah, yeah you know why? Because they raw as fuck. Yeah that's true. I mean is this as raw as Ikaro telling Ikari telling Daredevil try the red one. Maybe. I don't know. I think I think that one kind of beats it. I think okay. Is it rawer than the Avengers wanting to have words with Ultron? No. No. It's not rawer than that. It's not rawer than that. Alright. At number thirty seven is Aztec sacrifices himself to blow up Mageddon. I mean, that is pretty cool. That's pretty raw. He uses 4D energy, man. (laughs) Matt, he uses 4D energy. True. He's got a belt that taps into 4D energy. It's, it's, I I, I mean, I I feel like you're not reacting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do. I know that. I do that already. I mean, I know you knew that. Matt, we wouldn't uh, be doing this podcast if you didn't know that. That's right. 
What if it? What, okay. What about Earth Two Invaders Drop Dead? It's it's rawer than that. Okay, so the new number thirty eight is Batman gives Joe Chill the gun that killed his parents and says, "Sweet dreams, Joe." Do you think that headline would have gotten through? Yeah. It seems, yeah. it seems like they're editorializing in the headline. And that's that's the front page. It wouldn't be editorializing. Well, it could be a front page editorial, which is not unheard of. You could put an opinion piece on the front page. Or the UN could have issued or, or, or voted on a resolution about how they want these aliens gone. And then some rhetorical flourish becomes, you know, Earth to Invaders drop dead. Would they not have had to say drop dead? No. To the Kuns and no. the Dominators and I mean, whatever it, the, the third one was? It depends on what kind of newspaper the Daily Planet is. If it's a little bit tabloidy, like the Post or the New York Daily News, they would get away with it. I mean, it is a it is a reporter, or it isn't a newspaper where the reporters are kind of the stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's it is personality driven. Like regardless of what else you think about it, like you know you you're you're reading the Daily Planet for Lois Lane. She is a name, yeah, yeah, which. Is not a thing anymore. There are not star reporters anymore. But she was and is a star reporter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's you like... I was going to be a blogger. <laughs> I sure do. Uh, but I saw somebody post, I, I think, on Blue Sky the other day about how, like, famous detectives, world-famous detectives are only a thing in, like, mystery novels. Which is correct now, but I think at one time in history there was such a thing as a world-famous detective. I don't know if there was. Because, like, there's a guy, the, the guy that Charlie Chan was based on was, like, a real guy. Yeah. But people don't know him the way they, uh, uh, what was his name, uh, uh, Chang Apinya, I think? Uh-huh. Or Apinya? Because he's also, like, who the guy uh, in uh, Usagi Ojimbo is based on. He's, like, based on that guy and Columbo. But people know who he is, or knew who he was enough to base a character on him. Yeah, but, like, I mean... But, like, I think people knew who... Who, uh, like, Sherlock Holmes was, is the thing. Yeah, I don't know. I... I think there was more of a chance of there being world famous detectives 150 years ago than now, <laughs> but maybe I'm totally off the mark there. There's a recurring thing in Persona where they have a detective prince, mm-hmm. which is like a bo- a boy detective, like a teen, like an Encyclopedia Brown. And I don't think that's I don't think that's for real. <laughs> 
All right. Our next submission comes from Kevin Mayo. And it is another Morrison Batman moment. And it is from Batman number 666. See, I was about to ask why that, like, I was like, we, it's weird that we got one that wasn't from Batman 666. And it is when Damien tells the third ghost of Batman, who proclaims to be the Antichrist, that he has every building in Gotham booby-trapped. Uh, Damien defeats him and says, the apocalypse is canceled until I say so. Uh, yeah, um, that owns. Yeah, it owns. Yeah, no, that, um... That hard rules. <laughs> like, the best part, the best part about it is is when he says that I knew I'd never be as good as my dad or Dick Grayson, but I promised I wouldn't leave Gotham without a Batman, so I specialized in cheating. Because uh-huh. <laughs> that's the most Batman thing you can do. That's... That's why Morrison's my favorite Batman writer because th- because that's superheroes are inherently reactive, right? The bad guy does the crime, the superhero then reacts to that, goes catches the bad guy. That's not a bad thing, but it is like a kind of a story difficulty, I think. I think that's why, you know, as we entered the modern age with more complex stories, people really gravitated to liking villains because villains are proactive. Villains are right. in the traditional protagonist role, right? right? As soon as a, as soon as a superhero becomes proactive, they cease to be a hero. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you get around that is you have a superhero who has already rigged the game. The the it is the it is the Batman is always prepared. Batman always has a plan. Yeah, cause he cause that's you don't play the game. If you're fighting bad guys, you don't have to to let them dictate the terms. You have your own set of terms, <laughs> and like the Damien's version of that is wiring every single building in Gotham City to explode. <laughs> Yeah. Which took him three years. Oh, I I spent my first three years as Batman making the job easy for myself. Hilarious. Uh, it's also worth noting that after Damien says he specialized in cheating, like the the ghost of Batman makes a speech of like, you should join me. And then Batman or Damien just like rakes him across the chest and, you know, draws blood. And they go to Batman's like blood. And Damien goes, I'm surprised the son of Satan doesn't remember what they did to the son of God. That's also hard as hell. And he says, and I guess the old dragon forgot to mention the bargain he made with me when I was 14 Gotham survival in return for my soul. And then he like rips his, you know, the little ridges on his glove across the ghost of Batman's chest again, drawing more blood. And that, that shit's raw. That shit is raw. Yeah, man. 
And like the the eyes in that panel are hilarious. Mm-hmm. What a what a hoot of a comic. Uh, wild. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. This is Morrison and a, Q- a Qbert, right? Yes, it's it's Andy Qbert. Andy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the that's by the way, the third ghost Batman, that's Michael Lane. That's Azrael. That's Azrael 2. It is. That's right. I guess it's technically Azrael 3 because we do see John Paul Valley's father as Azrael in Sword of Azrael number 1. Mm. Mm. Technically. Technically. Yeah, man, this this rules. Tell your big bad daddy to bring it on anytime. <laughs> Hilarious. He's talking about the literal Christian devil. That's right. Because, yes, because Michael Lane has proclaimed himself the Antichrist. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. like, honestly, I feel like I want to shift the raw thing to, I'm surprised the son of Satan doesn't remember what they did to the son of God. That That's fucking good. It's it's real good. Yeah. It's real good. Yeah. But tell them the apocalypse is canceled is or the apocalypse is canceled until I say so is is also damn raw. I think we're doing these whole this whole like five page sequence though. Yeah, no, like the like this this whole thing. Again, kind of not my favorite. Like I remember at the time like when this issue came out being a little disappointed by it because it's you know like like i i wanted more of the ongoing story and this is just like right. a, a weird like alternate future issue it's it it interrupted the flow of the run to do this thing where damien yeah an adult damien is batman yeah but like looking back, it's the perfect comic to be Batman six sixty six. Yeah, and also, then the next issue starts the Club of Heroes story, which I fucking love. Oh, uh, the Club of Heroes is so good, so good. So, you know how we think about like the nineties being like the time when like movies and TV and stuff or or media got away with the most, uh-huh. you know. It was the Attitude Era. This is 2007. Do you want to say that as the honky-tonk man, like he said it? <laughs> it was the Attitude Era, man. It was the Attitude Era, man. This is a coming about like 2012 or whatever. Yeah. This is a comic from 2007. A mainstream DC comic, Detective Comics comic. With a comics code, comics code logo still on the cover, right? On page two, Bruce and Talia are conceiving Damien fully nude. (laughs) Yeah. Ass out, titties out. Like, Andy Kubert just didn't draw the nipples. That's it. Yeah. He did make sure to draw he did make sure to draw Batman's trunks so you knew he was naked. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 fully in flagrante there. And then at the end, this is yet another like mainstream Batman comic with the word goddamn in it. 
Because mm-hmm. at one point, I I think it's who who is it who's yelling it at Damien? Stay away from those people, you goddamn maniac! I think it's Barbara. Is it Barbara? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just in here, and I think like even like you know All Star Batman and Robin had like a mature audiences thing on the cover. This sure don't. Wild. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're talking about that, like, on, like, page six, Professor Pig has been crucified upside down with a nail through his mouth by Batman, by Damien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, look, for, for, for good or ill, 2006 DC Comics, like, 2005, 2006, that was the worst they ever got, and maybe they should have pulled back a little. It it is something to go back and read. Like this is our probably our easily our favorite DC comic of that time period, and we're like, this is going a little too far. <laughs> yeah, bud. It went it went wild. Yeah. It was again for good or ill. This run was 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 Buck. It was Buck. Yes. Uh, all right, let's rank this. This this is good. This is good shit. Yeah, no, I I think we are making a judgment call to specifically change it to. I'm surprised the Son of Satan forgot what they did to the Son of God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it better than here is your hero, your protector, take him and bury him? Which is what Bane says. I mean, that's that's also pretty fucking good it's pretty good yeah that's that's pretty like there's a lot of real good batman shit on here (laughs) okay while we're in the realm of these topics ghost rider beating the deacon to death with the bible very comparable very comparable very comparable i think it's better than batman saying to the martians ready when you are which is number 21 then I think it goes above the Ghost Rider line. All right, then this is the new number 20 uh, from Batman 666. However however we want to put it, however we want to encapsulate this moment, uh, that's, that's what it is. I, I mean, I guess we could just say Damien versus the third ghost of Batman. Yeah, Damien revealing that he spent three years wiring the entirety of Gotham City to blow. (laughs) Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. All right, here is a submission from Brad Ellison, uh, which is from Hellboy beating the hillbilly devil's ass with a shovel. Now, is is that from Hellboy the Crooked Man? It's from the Crooked Man, yeah. Yeah, so that is a that is a uh, uh, Richard Corbin Hellboy issue. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, which no shortage of of shit you could have dropped in from Hellboy. Oh, so much, so much Hellboy. The entirety of the Wolves of Saint August. Hey, the Crooked Man story is good. It is. It's good. 
it's it's really fun to see Hellboy doing like Appalachian shit. Yeah, go go into the hills. Yeah. Yeah. No, and like Richard Case is such a different artist from Mike Mignola. Mm-hmm. But like his Hellboy looks right. Yeah. Like everybody else draw like like all the people look a little weird. <laughs> Cuz you know it's how Richard Case draws people on purpose. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. It, it's supposed to be like a little distorted and disturbing. <laughs> the the problem the problem with this scene is that Hellboy only hits the crooked man once. The benefit to this scene is that what was left out of the description, which is that they uh, they etch a cross into the shovel before they give it to Hellboy so that he can beat the devil to death with it. That's right. It's not just any shovel. Yeah. It is it is a a blessed shovel. Yeah. It's I mean it's pretty good. It's pretty it's pretty good. It's it, I I wish it was more of a like the the traditional hellboy like you know real like uh what is it which story is it where he wraps the the rosary around his fist? Oh Oh god, I don't remember. That's early but, on. It fucking rules. It's it's yeah, it's good. Uh But I mean, it's still pretty cool when he hits the devil <laughs> the, the the shovel and it explodes. It meaning the shovel and the devil. Right. Like I think that's part of why it's so effective that he only like he only hits him once, but he only needs to hit him once. Yeah, I mean he's got he's got the power of Jesus and anime on his side, and and the the devil goes away in a cloud of smoke. Poof. Yeah, and then Hellboy goes, "Damn!" It, he's like <laughs> knocked on the ground, and he goes again. One damn. of my favorite things when someone reacts realistically, and Hellboy going, "Damn, that was something." <laughs> yeah, that's that is the most brilliant thing about Hellboy is how often that happens, and that's a great example of it. I mean, there's no device in literature and media that I enjoy and appreciate more than understatement. And Hellboy is chock full of it. So yeah, anything like Hellboy going, damn, that was something. I'm yeah. I'm always here for it. I just, I just love that, like... No one has done like the blue collar monster hunter better than than Hellboy, better than Mike Mignola, and I include like like the film Ghostbusters in that because you know what we don't know if Hellboy got a blowjob from a ghost. They're not blue collar. I mean that that's kind of the well the only one of them the only one of them that's blue collar is Winston. Winston is yeah. The other, the other three are university professors. They're the intelligentsia. Yeah, but they do. You know, it's a small business. It is a small business. Yes, they started a small business. Uh, how 
how hard I don't know, maybe this is addressed in that new movie that has um uh Millie Bobby Brown in it. I haven't seen it because frankly it did not look good. It um, Millie Bobby Brown is not in that movie. <laughs> who's in that movie? That's not Millie Bobby Brown. It's not Millie Bobby Brown. Are you fucking with me? I'm not. She's not in that movie. Who's in that movie? Uh let me find her name. Uh, McKenna Grace. That's not Millie Bobby Brown. It's not Millie Bobby Brown. Unfucking believable. One of the dudes from Stranger Things is in that movie. Okay. Finn Wolfhard. Wild. Anyway, maybe this is addressed in that. But, maybe. like, how hard do you think Winston had to fight uh, with uh, Ray to get insurance? That's a great question. That's a great question because you have to have a certain number of employees to provide insurance. Yeah. Legal. To, to be required to provide insurance legally. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, and I mean, you know, we're not really we're not really employees. You know, we're, we're the three of us, we're the co-founders, so it's really just you and Janine. Do you think Winston was a contractor and not a full-time employee? Winston might have been paid entirely under the table. Could have been. Could have been. Everybody honestly might have been. I think maybe Egon set it up as a church. <laughs> uh, uh, while we're talking about movies, like, the Ron Perlman Hellboy was pretty good. Like, the Guillermo del Toro Ron Perlman Hellboy was pretty good about, like, establishing that tone of Hellboy kind of being understated and saying understated things and kind of underreacting to weird shit. That that uh, David Harbour Hellboy, he was like frantic. Weird choices. Weird choices being made in that movie. By the way, you speaking of David Harbour and films mm-hmm. and things that are kind of like Hellboy. Yeah. You were right that Santa Claus in the movie Violent Night bears a striking resemblance to to Thor in 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 God of War 2018 too. God of War Ragnarok, yeah. yeah. God of War Ragnarok 2023, I guess. Is is it that new or was it 2022? I think it did come out in 2023, yeah. But I will say, I feel like the dude doing Thor's voice in in God of War Ragnarok is like doing a David Harbour voice. I think he's doing a Ron Perlman voice. They're very similar voices, Matt. They are. It, I, I had to go look up to see if it was Ron Perlman. And it's not. It's some other guy. I like that, I, I like that game's uh, Odin a lot. Very different take from... From Very the Jack the, the just like crime boss manipulator Odin is what that game has, uh, yeah. and you were right. He, that game came out in twenty twenty two, late twenty twenty two. That Odin also has a good hat. Mm, he does. That's true. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's our next submission. It is from Uzi. Wait, we didn't rank that. We didn't rank it. Matt. <laughs> Oh, we didn't. No, the 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 devil of of getting sidetracked. 
<laughs> the attention deficit devil showed up yeah. on that one. Right, the, the AD devil. It's it's pretty raw. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, look, it's there's a baseline level of raw you're going to get when Hellboy fights the devil. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think there but are think much, much rawer things in Hellboy in many other stories. Yes. Yeah. I don't think this is as good as Sparky the Good Dog driving a car into a cop. I don't think it's as good as Professor X putting Sabretooth in a hole. He did put Sabretooth in a hole. That shit's hilarious. It, it's probably better than Catwoman whipping Prometheus in the beanbag. Are you sure? I think I... Yeah, I think so. Alright. Alright, I get... If you're sure. I mean, you can talk me out of it. No, I mean, like, look, I, I, I was on the fence myself. So like that comedy show that you like. Like, like the show that my wife refers to as that unfunny comedy that you and Matt like. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the only one who likes it. Yeah, no, I like it quite. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Hellboy beats the devil to death with a shovel. With a blessed shovel, yes. Uh, all right, here's our next our next submission from Uzi, which is it's from the story where Red Hulk, Agent, Agent Venom, and Ghost Rider have merged together in <laughs> into the Circle of Four, where they say we am Smash for vengeance. But that is not the moment. The moment that's being submitted is when they used uh, Hellion's Mirror Cauldron which Blackheart had used to create evil duplicates of them to create the opposite of Blackheart, which is a holy redeeming angel that says, fear not, dear brother, your soul may yet be redeemed. Step into the light. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. First of all, that is a, that is a snapshot of a time in Marvel comics. Very much so. Yes. Yes. When when we got Red Hulk with a mustache, <laughs> and we got Agent Venom, like that's that's a time. That's like that's you can pin that down as much as if you saw Asbats right now, you know. <laughs> uh, in particular, this is from the. Uh, the 2012 story in the Venom book. Yeah. The, the, the Circle, Circle Four War story. Yeah. Yeah. Here's here's what I'll say to you, Matt. Here's what I'll say to you. Mm. Circle of Four? Buddy, that's one better than The Gathering of Five. I think it might be one worse. Uh, no. I, I need to clarify this. I was phrasing it as a bit, but what I mean is this story is better than The Gathering of Five. Surely you agree with me on that. Oh, dear. Yes, that is true. <laughs> okay. Good. That was a little concerning. Uh, so, the the moment we're speaking of t- takes place in Venom 14. Venom, parentheses, 2011. 
number yeah, 14. Which, of course, comes after Venom 13, 13.1, 13.2, 13.3, and 13.4. That's right. Uh, written by Rick Remender, with art by Tony Moore. Uh, Post-Walking Dead, Tony Moore. Who is really going all out in this thing. They get Hellion's Mirror, Cauldron, and uh, Ghost Rider, or the Circle of Four, says to it, Hellion's Mirror, Cauldron, steal now the impression of this soul's true form, twist it, invert it. And then they say to him, we found your mirror. And he goes, no, I have no antithesis. And then the angel comes flying out of the mirror and says, but you do, my child. Let me heal, heal your squalid soul. Then he says, please, I've come so far. Uh, this uh, uh, Blackheart is saying this. Yeah, I got, uh, I got that voice. That's the Blackheart voice. We all know yeah. it. And uh, the angel, sa- angel says, sunk so low, fear not, dear brother. Your soul may yet be redeemed. Step into the light. And then it's just a white. The panel's just all white. As as Blackheart is redeemed into oblivion. <laughs> What's weird is like we don't actually see the angel. And I wonder if that's like... Because we see like, you know, a humanoid figure with wings. It's it's Yeah, it's a silhouette is what we see. And I kind of wish we would have seen like the visual opposite of Blackheart, who you may know from Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Mm. Mm. Like, that's... I, I, I would have liked... Because if there was one thing Tony Moore was meant to draw, it's Hulk possessed by the Ghost Rider with the Venom symbiote fighting whatever the visual opposite of the comic book character Blackheart is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Feels like a Black, Blackheart in this story is like kaiju sized though. Yes. It's worth worth pointing out. Well, He's, you know, Matt, sometimes angels have wings that are seventeen thousand miles long. That's true. Which that's you would true. know, but apparently I listen to your other podcasts and the same cannot be said. I I I'm just saying Blackheart's bigger than normal. Mm-hmm. I remember the size of angels being discussed on Apocrypals, don't worry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is pretty good. I mean, I don't even like Chucky, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I listen to Apocrypals. I don't know what like, to tell you. Like, Chucky, like, I've always been scared of Chucky, but, you know, I was like, well, I like I like Matt and Erica and Benito, so I guess. But it's, but it's fine. You know, you, you, you don't have a commute, neither do I. It's whatever. It's I what listen I to the show. <laughs> it's fine. It's, I'm not mad. Little hurt. I, I've li- I listened. I've listened to every episode of your show, Apocryphals. This this is pretty good. I it's kind of the opposite of uh, a hellish moment, though. It's a heavenly moment. It's a heavenly moment. So we, In a we'll, hellish we'd have story. To, we'll come back to this one on Ajax nine ninety nine <laughs> seven seven seven. No, that's the one where we we <laughs> luck based comics. <laughs> all the, the all domino long shot uh jackpot special that yeah that's pretty good D- does i mean does it make the, i i like it i think it's a cool moment does it make the list is it i don't, I don't know i don't know I that i don't it know if it's i don't know if it's raw it's kind of the like redemption and rawness do not generally go hand in hand 
Yeah. Yeah. I kind of I kind of am afraid that we have to say it's not. Yeah. I mean like like I I I don't think it makes the list. Yeah. Which again, I like it and I like the idea. And I especially like the idea of like how do you beat Blackheart is you make the opposite of him and you just make an angel and then presumably you purify the soul of the son of Mephisto. But that's we've discussed a raw way of dealing with the son of the devil and this is not that. Yeah. It's 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 almost like an ironic punishment. I, I mean it's not really ironic but it's it's an inversion which is fun but I don't know that it's raw. Yeah, again, I would say good. I would say I, I would say quite good the moment yeah. Uh, lo- love the art again. Kind of what what Tony Moore like? Yeah, like he's obviously the guy to draw this. You know. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's take our next submission. Then it's from the Boss Dog Patrick O'Duffy. Oh, can't wait to find out what issue of Fate we're going to be talking about. It's it's not an issue of Fate. It is okay. a Garth Ennis comic. Get ready to talk about another thing Garth Ennis wrote for this list. It is from Hellblazer number 45, part five of the Dangerous Habits arc, I... in which Constantine, Constantine tricks three different Satans into curing his cancer rather than go, go to war over his soul. Uh, and then he flips off all three Satans at the end. And Patrick says it's our call, whether that's raw or edge Lordy. Here's, here's the thing. It can be both. It can be both. Yes. Not necessarily mutually exclusive. What's the, what's the issue number, Matt? 45. Is the issue. 45. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's good is, is when Keanu does this in the movie, honestly. Uh huh. Uh-huh. When Keanu is being uh, dragged off to heaven and flips off the devil, that's pretty fucking good, actually. That movie, I used to be a hater, Matt. I used to be a hater. Uh, but AC likes that movie, and so I watched it with fresh eyes. And that movie's good. It's not bad. Uh, it is It is wor- weird that uh, they found that new book of the Bible. <laughs> well, it's it's... It's weird because it's Corinthians. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's an extra chapter in the book of Corinthians. And oh, that's it's like, right. And it's like, really? Because Corinthians does not, dis- like, it's not Revelation, you know? Yeah. Corinthians yeah. is a book that is very not concerned with the devil. Which, I, I have to assume they did that because there's a dude in Detective Comics comics named the Corinthian. That just means he's from Corinth. Mm-hmm. Like the like Power Rangers RPM. Correct. Yeah. So anyway, yes. In in this issue, Constantine, he he slices up his wrists at one point, right? And he gets all these devils to compete over who gets to take his soul. Mm-hmm. And they can't figure out who gets to take him. So yeah, he has he has has 
he's done he's he's run a con on yes. the double. That's right. Yes. Ultimately, which which one's the devil with the like pointy ears that who looks like Spock? <laughs> are they are they named in this? I don't re- I don't know if they are. They might just be specific different devils. Let me see if I can look that up because I it's been a long time since I read this issue and I don't I like that you call him the one that looks like Spock. <laughs> he does a little bit. That specific devil says he's not going to give the other ones the satisfaction of having Constantine. So he's like, I'm so I'm going to oh it's they are Azazel, Beelzebub, and Satan. I think this yeah, is Azazel. The, the one who looks like Spock is Satan. That's Satan. That's okay. Azazel is a different one. Um, but he's basically like, I'm not going to give. Not Nightcrawler's dad. Yes. Uh, he's like, I'm not going to give any of you the satisfaction of having Constantine. He says, uh, I'm going to heal your wrist and cure your lung cancer, Constantine. Believe me when I say I'm going to make it hurt as much as possible. I hope you'll graciously allow me that small pleasure in this moment of your greatest victory. <laughs> uh, and then he like reaches into his chest and and cures his lung cancer. Um, and then like so the whole issue up to that point has been like these very monochrome colors. Like Constantine, in particular, has been kind of like a dull gray throughout the issue. And after his cancer gets removed, uh, he's like regular comic book colors again. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, he flips them off. It's now the thing I like about this man, we talked about how the Hellboy story is all the Appalachian stuff, but this is like, this is classic Appalachian like guy who beats the devil mm-hmm. which i guess there are stories about that in in other places i'm gonna guess maybe in garth ennis's native ireland they probably have a couple probably yeah i strongly identify it with you know tennessee <laughs> but <laughs> but perhaps there are stories like that in other places but i do love a good a good man beats the devil like the dude who 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 tricks the devil, and the fact that like the fact that Constantine is like in his narration, he's like, "I am about to go insane from terror because the i the actual Satan I have just made a fool of," and he's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, but I guess I gotta like I gotta I gotta act the part right." And that's when he flips them off and is like, fuck you guys. Which yeah, is a very, like, you know, a very cool moment. Yeah, he's like, I got a reputation to maintain. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. good. I, love, I love a man beats the devil story. I, I, what I really like about the trick that Constantine pulls is he knows all the legalities. Yeah. Because he knows they're going to fight over his soul. And if they start a war amongst themselves over his soul, then God's going to get involved. Yes. And if God gets involved, he'll just take the soul and none of them will get it. Yeah. And the, the and and hell will lose. Yeah. And so either God gets his soul 
or he gets brought back to life. Like, he gets to stay alive. Those are the only options. That's pretty great. Yeah, it's a, he, 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 he runs a three-card money on the devil. He does. Good stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. Weirdly enough, I don't think this is the rawest Garth Ennis Hellblazer moment. I don't either. But it's pretty and good. No, Matt. No, I'm not talking about when he makes Swamp Thing grow weed. I know you <laughs> like that one. <laughs> it's pretty good. It is pretty good. But it is pretty good. It's 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 solid. It's it's a solid it's a solid bit of rawness. Uh Will Simpson draws I mean, look, I know he just had his lungs ripped out and all. But boy, does Will Simpson draw a rough-looking John Constantine. <laughs> this, yeah. this is not the guy based on Sting. No. I, I, I don't love this art, and I don't especially love the art in this part of this run of Hellblazer. But it is effective. Yeah, I don't think it's bad, and I don't want to be... I don't want to be mean to Will Simpson, and I know that like some I, we sometimes talk about like we have to review the comics that we have, and there's no point in wishing that they were different. Yeah. What, what if Steve Dillon drew this? Ah, oh, fuck. What oh, if Steve fuck. Dillon had drawn this? Wouldn't that be fucking rad? It it would be good. I like. I I yeah I I don't I'm not gonna say this art is bad because it's not. It's just not my preference. It's it's not what I prefer. It, it's it's very it's very early nineties vertigo. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sort of like ugly on purpose. Yeah, this is nineteen ninety one. For like a better way, ugly on purpose. He's drawing demons and zombies and shit. You know. Yeah, yeah. What what if um what if the and, and, I, I I you know I brought up the colors and how the colors ha- sort of have like a storytelling implication to them. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're appealing. Where like John Constantine is all in gray tones, you know. I get the point, but I don't. I don't necessarily like the way it looks. Um. All right, this makes the list, but I don't know that it goes super high. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this is as good as Batman getting ready to fight Martians. I don't either. No. Is this? I I think this is probably like. Is better oh, than I, didn't, I don't think it's better than Hellboy hitting the crooked man with a shovel. It, it's I would say this one's definitely better than Catwoman moving Prometheus right in the beanbag. Okay, then it goes right below Hellboy hitting the crooked man with a shovel. Okay, that's Which that's agreeable to me. Number thirty-four. Uh, so Constantine tricks three devils. In Hellblazer number 45. This next submission is from Jolene. And it is from another Garth Ennis comic. It's from Hitman number 19. Boy! Ace of Killers. Yeah, boy! Which is, uh, that time Etrigan deconsecrated a church because Tommy said demons couldn't do jack on sacred ground. Yes. Boy, talking about 
Talk about what if. You don't got to talk about what if. John McCray did draw this one. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, okay. He doesn't just deconsecrate it. He deconsecrates it by blasting fire out of his mouth. And then he says, a pox on your sacred ground. Yeah. Because what's happening is that there... Ace of Killers is a fucking wild story. <laughs> it might be the like purely weirdest Hitman story. Because uh, first of all, Catwoman's in it. <laughs> but it's about uh, a gun called the Ace of Killers. That is a a a gun that can kill God, basically. Um, that is being hunted by a demon who's so evil. How evil is he? He's six Nazis. <laughs> the souls of six Nazis are compressed into this this like gestalt demon called the Mazer. Who is uh, hideous. Utterly yeah. hideous, yeah. Who has uh like like twelve arms and a gun in each of them. Mm-hmm. Um and of course, you know, Mazer, you get the joke. Uh and a and a big cape. You got a big cape. Yeah, he's got a big cape. And just in case you forget, a swastika on his forehead. Yeah. Yeah. And so Tommy and Matt and Catwoman are hiding. Uh, also, Etrigan's after it. And so, they're all hiding in this church. And Tommy's trying to negotiate with Etrigan, which is very funny. <laughs> because, like, because Nat wants to just shoot him. Because, you know, he's a demon. And they don't know that he's the demon who's the good guy demon. Because they haven't read the comics. Right. But, like, Tommy stops Nat from from shooting him. He's like, whoa, 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 no, no, no. Look, we all know you can't do anything in here because we're on sacred ground. So just, you know, let's talk this out and make a deal. And everyone's like, hey, fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and then and we he- cut immediately to outside where the Mazer goes, like, who could not enter the church, goes, it's been deconsecrated. Let's go kill everybody. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, th- and oh. then it becomes you know a firefight. Yeah, and then fucking section eight shows up, and you might be asking yourself, does a man get a dog welded to his face? Yes. I mean, dog welder is there. Dog welder is there, and you actually see it happen. And, what a- it- you you pointed out that John McRae did draw this, and this moment where Etrigan deconsecrates the church is so elevated by the art. Yeah. Because Etrigan, when he says, a pox on your sacred gown, looks like a maniac. Like, is, is maybe the most terrifying Etrigan has ever looked. Yeah, because he's all backlit, and his, his like... John McRae draws him all like the proportions are all weird. Like his arms are different sizes. Yeah. 
Like, like they're kind of too like skinny, but his his torso is wide and he's like kind of hunched over. It's it's man, it's good. It's <laughs> it's yeah. a great visual. Oh, it's great. Yeah, man. It's it's wild that of all the moments to pick from this story, the one where Tommy shoots a demon made of six Nazis is not included. Yeah. Um, but pretty good. Cause it's it because it's very much a thing of like, whose side is Etrigan on in this? I mean, he's on his own side. Like yeah. like Constantine in the story we were just talking about, this is Etrigan making a play. Yeah. Cause this is his way to pressure Tommy into like making a deal to let him have the ace of killers where he's like, I'll let you use it to kill Mauser when he comes in here, but then I get it. I get to do what I want with it. Yeah. And like, it's a smart play. Yeah. Because, uh, because Etrigan ends up getting his heart back. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's also like a play to get his heart back. Yeah, yeah. Buddy, this I will say this is like the twenty sixth most raw thing to happen in Hitman. Mm-hmm. Like one of the reasons that I uh, wanted to keep Thursday Night Raw going for another year, I told you like there are moments that I know should be on this list that are not on this list. Mm-hmm. And Matt, you want to know what happened the night Sean Noonan died? <laughs> that's some of the raw shit in comics history. That's yeah, like a I, hard I, number one contender. Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, some moments in mine as well. Yeah. That are like, they gotta, they gotta get on here. Yeah. Uh, but this is pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Where do you think? I mean, I mean, in the issue after this, Tommy shoots the demon made of six Nazis with a gun, like a like a, a god killing gun that turns him back into six Nazis, and then he shoots those six Nazis. I mean, that shit's <laughs> that shit owns. That shit owns. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good stuff. But yeah, like like Etrian, Etrian changing the rules. Changing the rules is pretty raw. Usually, it is. Yeah. It's like anytime someone is like it's 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 very similar to you should have killed me when you had the chance. Like these are the rules and we have to play by them. I'm going to commit an act that completely fucks the rules. Always yeah. good. Yeah, always raw. I I feel like my kind of ceiling in this, like, like the one to beat for me in this episode is Sparky the Good Dog driving a car into a cop. Uh huh. Because I feel like the longer we get from that, the better it is. It's a dog driving a car into a cop. I mean, I think there are things under that that are rawer than this too. Probably so. Probably so. I mean, is this rawer than John Constantine tricking the three devils? Probably not. Although yeah. I like it more. Like just as a as a moment, honestly, as, as a page, 
<laughs> I like John McCray more than I like Will Simpson. Yeah, the, the art is better. Uh, but I, I think as a moment, maybe, maybe below that, I think it might be below Prometheus get whipped in the beanbag too. Both, both scenes do involve Catwoman. Maybe above to me, my Galactus at 37. What about Kaiju size cats in America fighting Kang? Maybe below that. All right, then I think that's that's where it goes. That's going to be the new number 37. All right, the new number 37. Etrigan deconsecrates a church in uh, Hitman number 19. All right, our next submission is from Mike Sterling. Ah, oh, the, the Mikester. Our, our good friend, Mike Sterling. Uh, go visit his comic shop. Sterling Silver Comics. Sterling Silver Comics in Camarillo, California. Uh, If you're in that area. They do mail order. Oh, yeah, that too. Not a sponsor, but could be. But could be. Mike? (laughs) Mike? (laughs) (laughs) Mike, Uh, you would have an easier time than most, I think. This is a very Mike Sterling submission. All right, which issue of Swamp Thing am I looking at? You you nailed it, buddy. I knew uh, it when you said his name. It's from Swamp Thing Annual Number Two. Okay, and it is the moment. It's by Alan Moore, Steve Bissett, and John Tottleman. Ooh, can I guess? Can I guess? Please do. Is it when uh, Swamp Thing goes down to hell and talks to Anton Arcane, and Anton Arcane's like, "How, how many centuries have I been down here?" And and Swamp Thing says, "Since yesterday." Yeah, that's it. Yep. <laughs> hey, guess what? That owns. It does. <laughs> that shit is so fucking good. That's like one of the best moments in the Alan Moore run on Swamp Thing. Yeah. Yeah, man. When Swamp Thing goes down to hell. Because, like, if you haven't read it, I can't, I don't know who's listening to the 666th episode of War Rocket Ajax who has not read Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Alan Moore, Steve Bissett, John Talbot, Swamp Thing. Uh, but if you haven't, at, at this point in the ongoing monthly Swamp Thing comic, Anton Arcane has done some shit. Some real shit, yeah. Some real fucked up shit. Like... He has been to uh, quote Christoph Waltz in one of the worst James Bond movies, which is saying something. He has been the author of All Your Pain. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. And Swamp Thing goes down to hell with the demon and sees into Arcane. <laughs> and first of all, Anton Arcane, the dialogue that he has is, uh, I must look quite a mess. Insect eggs, you know, hatching inside me. <laughs> Very appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Arcane's still trying to hold it together. And then he asks how long he's been here, and Swamp Thing says since yesterday. And there is just like screaming 
into the next page. Yes. Well, first he goes, yesterday? And then it's just screaming. Yeah. It's God, it's the best owning of a character. It's Arcane gets owned so hard. It's like one of my favorite Alan Moore bits. Like it's one of my favorite things that Alan Moore ever wrote is that line and that scene in Swamp Thing. Yeah. Cause he does a great job of, of making you really hate Anton Arcane. Like he's, he's bad. And you're like, man, fuck this guy. I'm glad that he is in hell. And to, to have, to, to show him like, experiencing endless torture you're like yeah i feel good about it and then just these fucking (laughs) stone cold like the glass should shatter when he says yesterday (laughs) it's so good but yeah because he doesn't just ask how long he's been there he says how many years like that's the amount of torture he's experienced yeah man and 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 Swamp Thing just tells him two words that crush him. Man, <laughs> it's good. It's good. All right, where does it go? I mean, it's pretty. Like, I'm trying to think, and like, I don't know if I can think of a raw moment in the Alan Moore canon. It's 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 well. Another Alan Moore moment on the list currently is uh, Captain UK annihilating the Fury, which is at number eleven. Is it's? I think it's better than that, and I think it's it's better than I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me because it's much more uncomplicated. <laughs> true, true, like, true. There's there is no pretense of being a badass in this because at this point, Swamp Thing doesn't even care. No. Yeah. Like, yeah, since yesterday. But Arcane gets owned. He gets owned so hard by this. It's brutal. <laughs> Fully and truly brutal. I think it goes between Magneto putting Red Skull in a hole. That's so good. And you better fight like hell. Yeah, man. I think, you, I think you're right. This I think is the new right. number six. It's God, it rules. <laughs> Mike, you did good. You did good with that one. Our next submission is from Jay Gonzo. You know what you and me like, Matt? What's that? I'm looking at our various lists of things. We like comics drawn by guys named Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Who could doubt it? Guys named Steve, good at drawing comics. The the facts the facts are showing that to be the case. All right, here's our next submission from Jay Gonzo, friend of the show. I multiple, I know what this one is. Multiple time guest is from Batman issue 244, where shirtless Batman mm-hmm. bursts into Ra's al Ghul's tent. And he goes, Roz, 
And then Ra's al Ghul says, By the gods, you pursue me past your dying. Are you man or fiend from hell? The reason I know I know what this is, is he texts us to ask if it counted. Yeah, it does. Because <laughs> it doesn't involve the devil. But it doesn't but it does involve the demon's head. Mm-hmm. Asking if someone else is a fiend from hell. Yeah, it counts. This is one of my all-time favorite panels. Like, everything about this panel rules. <laughs> like, first of all, I love the, the the Demon's Quest. Like, it's the one of the, I think, easily best Batman stories of all time. I don't think it's that's... For- for listeners who don't know, it's by Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. Yes, it's the, the this is the the end of the story that introduces Russell Cool. He goes into the Lazarus pit. He comes out. Once he calms down, he and Batman have a shirtless sword fight. They do. They do. And Batman takes off his shirt, and he takes off his gloves, and he takes off his cape. Mask. Trunks, tights, boots, and belt stay on. Mm -hmm. That's the best Batman look. He then, in the middle of the sword fight, gets stung by a scorpion. Like, Roz doesn't even, like, stab him with a sword. No, because they're, like, too evenly matched. Yeah. He gets stung by a scorpion, like, on the ankle. And Roz is like, well, that's destiny for you. Uh, Do not plead for aid or for the antidote to the poison in your blood. The destiny has decreed me the victor. And so he he cold walks away. Yeah, because the desert has chosen. Yeah, he's going to leave, but, but Talia administers... An antidote mm-hmm. with a with a final kiss. Yes, Se- secretly, secretly, and so that's when Batman stands up and goes back to Roz's tent and yeah, uh, confronts. Th- I mean, look if you want to know what Grant Morrison read to get ready for writing Batman, <laughs> <laughs> it was this because this is like you know hairy chested love god Batman. The the panel of him standing up. Uh, in the desert where he's moonlit and so he's like almost all in silhouette. Like, that's Batman standing up out of his own grave. Oh, yeah. And then he just rocks up into Roz's tent. And Roz asks him if he's a man or a fiend from hell and he decks Roz. He, Roz gets cold cocked, fully knocked out, one punch. God, it's so good. (laughs) He's, He's got... He's got full extension, the left hand in the chamber. Roz is doing the thing, like, uh, Adams is doing the the punch creates an explosion thing. Yeah. And, and Roz is just, like, hands splayed. Like, he, one of the hardest dudes getting rocked panels of all time. And then in the next panel, he's face down on the floor. So he like did a turn <laughs> while falling. He's he's like off both. He's he's off one foot when he yeah. gets punched. So I guess he I guess he pirouettes. 
Yeah, yeah. He, t- he takes a full face bomb. Then, yeah. Then Talia's like, are you going to take my dad to the authorities? And Batman's like, yep, got to do it. <laughs> and, Sometimes you got to do it, Talia. And, and she goes, am I also to be imprisoned? And then they make out. And that panel is also iconic. <laughs> is there anything? Is there anything harder than basically coming back from the dead, punching a man out, and then making out with his daughter over his unconscious body? <laughs> then putting a bit of fireman's carry and carrying him away. <laughs> then carrying his ass out. With your oh. cape over his head. It's... God. It's so good. Yeah, man. I mean, it's... it's it's Like, it's why I love him. <laughs> so fucking good. <laughs> oh, It's only now. It's only as we are talking about it right now that I kind of realize... It's a little bit weird for Razal Ghoul to be that surprised that someone has apparently come back from the dead. <laughs> and I've read well, this story a hundred times. You know, I kind of get it, though, because he thinks he's got a lock on it, you know? That's true. He knows the Batman didn't go into the Lazarus pit, that's for sure. Yeah. Goddamn. What a great... What an what an incredible, incredible comic. It I I think the last let's say five pages of Batman two forty four four pages for sure are as about, about as close to perfect as comics can be. It's about as good as they've ever been. Yeah. <laughs> Like, no getting around it. It's about as good as comic books have ever been. Yeah. And and raw as shit. Yeah. Okay, just, tell me. Give me a number. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just looking at, like, the face he's pulling? Batman's face? And also Roz is like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it might be Neil Adams' best work. It is. It's easily. Yeah. It's... I might put this at number two. Above Flask getting the baseball bat. Yeah, I mean, that shit is is good. But... God, he fucking rocks him, dude. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> he punches the shit out of him. I, I couldn't disagree if you put it there. Oh, I mean, like, it's, it's not as good as, as Scourge standing alone at Calibrew. Okay. But like, it is as iconic as Wolverine saying, you had your chance, now it's my turn. Okay, so, so the question is, is this number two or number three? I think it's number two. I think it's number right. two. It's so, so good. So, so, so it is decided. Uh, Batman 244... Are you man or fiend from hell? Ra's al Ghul, the demon's head, saying, holy fuck, are you the devil? Amazing. Yeah. Here's our next submission. 
It is from CJ Crawl. And it's that time Doctor Strange sent a guy to hell in Marvel Team Up number 35. Oh, man. I don't remember that. That sounds good, though. Uh, I, I, CJ included uh, some, some images uh, that I will send you now. Um, Doctor Strange can be real fucking hard sometimes. No shit, man. Like I think people people forget that. I know I forget that sometimes. It's it it can be easy to forget because Doctor Strange tends to be like he doesn't always go that hard. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, he's not like a Wolverine where like it's his thing. Yeah. What what issue is this? It is Marvel Team Up number thirty five. Thirty five. It's a supernatural shocker. Blood Church. <laughs> it's it. Jeremiah is the guy. This is weird because this is a Human Torch Doctor Strange team up. This is not a Spider Man issue. That's right. Which is weird. And also, I guess Valkyrie's in it. Wild. She is. Yeah. Doctor Strange conv- confronts Jeremiah in a church, and he says, "You, Jeremiah, are a charlatan." And he says, if I had arrived sooner, much suffering would have been avoided. You pretend to be a mystic, but your ability is merely that of a mutant, a protopath, one who can utilize the mental energies of another human, as you have used the energies of these ignorant children. And uh, Jeremiah says he's a prophet of the Lord, and if you don't believe that, I'll kill you. Dr. Strange goes, you will kill no one, prophet. Instead, you may join the god you worship. And you may be pleased with him and stay with him throughout all time. And as he's doing that, he is making Jeremiah disappear. Like, he's putting his hand out in that Doctor Strange doing a spell pose. And Jeremiah is is going away into nothingness. And then on the next page, he is fully straight up in hell. Wow, yeah, I'm... He fully just does wave his hand and send that man to hell. He sure does. That's wild. Doctor Strange says we no longer concern we need no longer concern ourselves about the self-styled prophet Jeremiah. Like all who pretend to worship God while they truly worship themselves, Jeremiah must face the ultimate truth. One man's God is another man's Satan, and in the final analysis, both may be seen as the same, and heaven becomes the polite word for hell. <laughs> Yeah, man, would it surprise you to learn that this is Jeremiah's last appearance? Uh, no. <laughs> Jeremiah has been there ever since. Jeremiah's got a hell of a look. Yeah. He's like kind of a, kind of a, like he looks not dissimilar to Dr. Druid. But he's like, he does look a little bit like Dr. Druid, yeah. He's kind of a dumpy guy. Like, <laughs> like, Kind of a kind of a heavy set fellow. He looks different on the cover. He does, which well, he's is bald weird. on the cover, and he's definitely got hair inside. Yeah, yeah. So he's wearing like a red onesie with a high collar and white gloves, and on his his chest and tummy area is a flaming cross with cross swords over it. Mm-hmm. But it kind of like it's hard to tell that they're cross swords, so it kind of just looks like he's got like he's like no Jesus. 
Uh, this is a Jerry Conway issue uh, with art by Sal Basima. The the conversation that Doctor Strange has with Johnny Storm, who seems like a weird person to be having this conversation with. Yeah, Johnny Storm is is perhaps a bit out of his depth in this story. <laughs> yeah, fucking wild thing to say, Jerry, <laughs> Gerald. Like, that fully sounds like dialogue from an episode of Star Trek, but it's buck wild to be like, yeah, you know, God, Satan, that's the same thing. Like, that is a theological revelation that Stephen Strange is just casually dropping on Johnny Storm. Like, Johnny Storm is going to be on Twitter, like, much to think about after this. Yeah. The, the last panel is Jeremiah... Both of his arms being held by, like, demons that look kind of like bears. And then this other demon with wings, like, charging up like he's about to, like, ram him in the tummy. With his horns. Best case scenario. Best case scenario, yeah. Best case scenario, Jeremiah's about to have rough tongue. <laughs> Go get some horns in the tum. Yeah. Salbusema really sells that this dude has ended up in a place of eternal suffering that he did not anticipate. Yeah, for sure. Like, that is is some... He's a sweaty boy. He is. This is is pretty good. I think it's low on the raw list, but it's... It's... It does qualify as raw, I think. Yeah, man. The the weirdest thing about this one is that I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, that's raw. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, Doctor Strange very casually condemned a man to hell. Like, an uh, alive man. All right, is this more or less raw than Batman giving Joe Cho- Chill that gun? Here's Here's my question, Matt. Yeah. Is the raw moment... Doctor Strange sending sending Jeremiah to hell. Or is the raw moment right after that when Doctor Strange tells Johnny Storm that God and the devil are the same thing? I, I think it all I think it's all together. But it is raw as hell that Doctor Strange so casually waves his hand and sends this man to hell. <laughs> uh hey, Reed? Um Doctor Strange told me God and the devil were the same thing. Is that true? Well, Johnny, that's that's an interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. You should I don't know, go ask Ben about that. I'm a, I'm a scientist, not a theologian. Yeah. Uh, In my experience, Johnny, there is no God or devil, and we're all just <laughs> we're all just alone. And when we die, uh, our souls are in oblivion until such time as we are resurrected. Reed, I'm going to go, I'm going to go lay down. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to go fight. I don't want to go fight the, the frightful four today. I don't think I have a lot to think about. No more team ups with Dr. Strange. That's what Johnny storm says. All right. More or less are all than Joe chill getting that gun. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is like a stealth top ten candidate. 
It's it's not. This, this is fucking me up, dude. It's not a top two candidate. Doctor Strange sends a man to hell and says God and the devil are the same. <laughs> I mean, he, he what he says is that God for some people is a devil for others, and heaven for some people is hell for others, which. Makes it, it does make a type of sense to me. Heaven is a polite word for hell is fucking bonkers. <laughs> Dude, we got it. Jerry Conway, friend of the show, we might have to get him back on to talk about this. You should talk about this specific issue. Because <laughs> I've, we might have, like, this might be it, like, we might have to do an Apocryphal's Ajax crossover to really pin this one down. All right. It, it's not a top 10 contender by any stretch. But I can go higher than where I had it. Where did you have it? I mean, I was looking near the bottom. How raw is it? How raw does something have to be to give me a crisis? Because <laughs> <laughs> crisis on Chris is happening right now. I don't think it's be- it's more raw than the Batman 666 moment. Buddy, I think it's like... I think it's more raw than Mr. Miracle stabbing Darkseid to death with a knife made of god blood. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's not more... It's not more raw than take your protector, take him and bury him. I would... I would absolutely put it over that. I don't think it... I don't think it is. I I cannot stress enough that this is like like basically a page and a third <laughs> it's like like the relevant stuff that we're talking about is six panels six small panels it's All right. it's the it's the size of two peanut strips here's the only way I think we can Thread this needle. Dead center of the list. Okay, what what would that be right now? Twenty five. I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, if that's as high as 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 you'll go, that's where I'll put it. That's as high as I'll go because I think a key component of raw is it's got to make you go, "Fuck yeah!" And your reaction being like a crisis of. Theology. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> it's a what? <laughs> Reaction. <laughs> it's, it's on the list. Okay. It's new number 25. A, a deeply wild moment from a Doctor Strange comic from 1975. That is true. I, it's, it's the, it, here's what makes it raw for me. It's he's so cold about it. Yeah, that's I think that is the ca- the casualness with which he conducts his business. Yeah, and Johnny Storm being like, "Hey, what just happened?" And Doctor Strange is like, "I sent him to hell, Johnny, but it's okay because hell and heaven are just constructs that exist in our minds." Right, hell he- heaven for some is hell for others. Miles Lobdell has this submission for us. 
That time, Superman executed Lex Luthor in Kryptonian Hell with spit in Superman 666. I don't, I don't, you know, I was thinking, I was wondering if anybody was going to send Superman fighting the devil in Miracle Monday, which is not a comic, but I think Mm -hmm. I would count it because it is raw as hell. Mm -hmm. But I don't, uh, I don't recall Superman 666. That must have been around the same time as Batman. It was, yes, around the same time, October 2007. That issue is written by Kurt Busiek, and it has art by Walt Simonson. Shit, that sounds good! Yeah. Uh, And it involves Kryptonian hell. It also has uh, the Phantom Stranger. The Hawkman, the Phantom Stranger. (laughs) Kryptonian hell. Yeah. Somehow I never read this issue. I mean, it was it was DC Comics in 2007, Matt. We were all I was really getting into Common Rider. Okay. So I guess Kryptonian Hell makes Superman into an asshole. Well, like he that's says part of the story. He says he's dreaming. Yeah. So he thinks like, this is all a dream, and he's like, yeah, I can do whatever I want. This is a stress dream, so I'm just going <laughs> to go buck wild. So he he is confronted by Lex Luthor in a giant mech thing, and he says, Luthor, I'm tired of this. Luthor, tired of you. And he spits, and the spit goes through the mech, through Lex Luthor's face and head. And out the back. I mean, it's a real, it's a real. What's the, what's the weak point of a mech moment? Yeah. I, I. There's a part of me that just looking at this, I, I, I kind of feel like it's not raw because Superman is so out of character. It, yeah, I would. I don't know if this. Counts because again, Superman like two pages before this, like Zatanna shows up and she's like, "Hey, Superman's like really frustrated and grumpy," and Superman's like, "Hey, what are you talking about? This is a dream. I'm having a stress dream, so I gotta blow off some steam. I get mad sometimes. I'm just gonna fuck everything up real quick. It's a dream." (laughs) Yeah, which. It's like Superman very obviously acting out of character, but it's also like Superman. It is a very human thing for Superman to like think he's dreaming and be like, you know what? Fuck all this. But in the story, this is presented as Superman's nightmare, right? This is hell for Superman. Yes. Killing and destroying and solving his problems the easy way. Yes. And it's later in the story where he like rejects the demons of Kryptonian hell to their faces. And to me, that's the part of this that's raw. It's, it's, it's a weird comic, man. Yeah. I, I, I want to read this issue more closely. (laughs) Yeah, this one. Should we catch up on the on the B six Superman? I know Simonson didn't draw all of it. Yeah, but like, uh, 
this is that weird like post like or or around infinite crisis run where we were all like Kirby music on Superman that sounds great and then it was not great but maybe it's better than I remember because I had that Carlos Pacheco art for a little bit but like it's a bunch of weird stuff I don't know man Superman basically confronts all the demons of hell and he says you're harboring one of my greatest enemies and I could destroy this place but then he just leaves To me, again, to me, that's the raw moment because that's who Superman is, and that's the moment that makes me go "fuck yeah!" Like, because again, his nightmare is solving his problems the easy way and just killing Luther and with spit and all of that. You know what I mean? The the bit with the spit is pretty good, though. I mean, it's it's cool and shocking, but I don't think it's raw. I mean, it, Walt Simonson draws it; it's pretty good. But it's pretty good. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I would rather do a close reading of this issue. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, all right. Our next submission is from uh, Maggie Robotham, who is r- suggesting to us an issue of Hellblazer by Garth Ennis and Will Simpson. <laughs> all right. <laughs> It is, in fact, issue number 42. <laughs> is this the one where he makes the vampire drink holy water? Yep. You got it. And that's that's the, what, when I said, like, this isn't the most raw thing in, in his Hellblazer run, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, that part is great. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. Because the vampire, like, Garth Ennis... Garth Ennis is very much a uh, classicist when it comes to vampires, and by that I mean he just writes vampires as fucking assholes. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's very funny. Yeah, the vampire in this issue is just, like, a pompous piece of shit. And he's he is a vampire, right? Like, he's not, is, is he the vampire okay. or is he the devil? He's a vampire, yeah. Okay. Or he might be a demon. I think I think he's I think he's this actually might be Satan. I don't know why I thought he was a vampire. Let I mean, me because he me, looks like Dracula when he shows up. Let me uh confirm or or deny who who the first of the fallen actually is. Whether he's just a vampire or some kind of like more complex demon. Oh no, it's Satan. <laughs> Yeah, it's Satan. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? That's that's my mistake thinking he was a vampire. But I mean, go look at this issue. He looks like Dracula. He does. He does look like he. Lo- yes, but he. Whatever the case, he tricks him into drinking holy water. Yeah, because uh, he's he's there to collect a soul of a friend of John Constantine's uh, who has a magic spell that turns uh, holy water into beer. It's very funny. But since he's dead, uh, the candles that he's using to power the spell go out, which turns the the beer back to holy water after the devil drinks it. And then Constantine, like, fucking bottles him and, like, just really fucks him up. 
Oh, like he he slices him up and down his torso. Yeah. And then he slices his face with the bottle and he goes, stitch that. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I think it's rawer than the other Constantine moment. Constantine Hellblazer moment that we that we ranked. The one place where I think it's inferior, and I do like like I said, I think this is a much rawer moment, is that like this is it's not a fair play con. Like there would there's no way for the reader to know like to be in on it with John, right? Like right. it is a reveal yeah. in the moment that like, oh, this is actually a completely different thing. So it's not constructed as well, but I think it makes up for that. Like also Will Simpson's art in this issue, much more legible. Yeah, it's much closer to what I like, I guess I should say. It's also very important. There's two panels of Satan reacting to just hearing that he drank holy water. Mm -hmm. Where he goes, really? And he's kind of like leaning forward. And then he tilts his head back and he goes, what? (laughs) And then there's just a panel of Constantine smirking. That's I. I feel like th- those three panels really sell it. It's it's the money. It is the money. Yeah. Of the uh, of the scene. It's it's good. It's really good. I like it a lot. Do I like it as much as Doctor Strange <laughs> <laughs> talking about how God and the devil are the same thing? No, I don't. But since we could not put that at like number one on the list, then I I think this might go higher. I don't think it's better than Jesse Custer fighting Jody. It's, it might be better it's comparable than, to that, definitely. Like, I think if it's not better, I think it's definitely comparable. I think it probably goes above the Batman six 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 moment. I don't think it goes above Bane saying, "Here's your hero." You 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 do love Bane saying, "Here's your hero." I think it's really good. I think Matt, it's really good, buddy. Who are you talking to? <laughs> I think it's like the best villain raw moment. Certainly we've gotten so far. Dog, you know, I think it's good. Well, I, unless you count Magneto putting Red Skull in a hole, That's which that should, you should. Great. That's the best. Magneto is uh, absolutely not the villain in that scene though. But he is typically a villain. Uh, time. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think this is the new number 22. I, I would, mm-hmm. Again, I would put this one higher, but I'm, okay. I, I you get tell where me. you're coming from. Okay, you can you can tell me a higher spot. I I would put it. I would put it under Cobra Sun and Lona Steel Rose hitting the Steel Sunrise on God. You think it's better than Thanos asking Ben Grimm what time it is? Kinda, yeah. I don't know, but okay, it's the okay. devil, Matt. Look, I you I gave you gave me the one about Doctor Strange, I'll give you this one. All right. So it's the new number sixteen. Yeah. It's our last submission, and I think it's very appropriate to close out on. It's from Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom Triumphant. Oh, they sent that they sent this in? Derek Allen did. Okay. 
Uh, it's from Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom, Triumph and Torment. When you realize that Doctor Doom has slipped a gizmo to Doctor Strange and their betrayal of each other was a feint. That shit's good. We don't we don't have the machine. I have the, the machine's here. The, the, oh, I thought I thought the machine wasn't working right now. No, no, it's it's I I've used it recently. Oh, okay. What did you use it for? You asked me to to put something in it, and I did. Yeah, but I mean, like, I th- I thought you made you used it more recently than that. No, it. I mean, it. It's been kind of sitting in the corner, but it's here. Regardless, I don't think it's appropriate to use the machine right now. Okay. So, would you turn with me to Psalm eighty nine? <laughs> uh, and uh, the the Book of Psalms, chapter eighty nine, verse nine. Could you just read the first two words of that passage? Let's see. Psalm 89, verse 9. Verse 9. Thou rulest. Yes, thou rulest. Thou rulest so fucking hard. It, honestly, everything in Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom Triumph Torment rules. <laughs> like, literally every part of it. Every single page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like when, uh, like when Doctor Doom's mom gets naked and makes out with the devil. That shit rules. Uh-huh. If if for listeners who don't know, and if you don't know, go read Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom, Triumph and Torment right fucking now. Yeah, yeah. How, however much you like, you need to pay for it to read it. It's worth it. Yeah, it's it's Roger Cern and Mike Mignola and Kevin Nolan, or I guess it's just Roger Cern and Mike Mignola on the main book i think there's some backups in the trade that got released but they go to hell to try to get dr doom's mom's soul out of hell yeah and they go in with a plan because they know that mephisto is gonna fuck with them right Mm -hmm. and and dr strange is honestly like Aw, shit, here we go again. Because he knows what Dr. Doom's like. Yeah. And so they construct a plan where Dr. Doom turns on Dr. Strange, like betrays Dr. Strange, and is going to, like, you know, give him up to get his mom's soul back. But then there's a double-double cross where Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom have been working together the whole time, and they're going to fuck up Mephisto and steal Doctor Doom's mom's soul from hell. And yes, the moment where they reveal that they've been working together the whole time and the the betrayal was a feint is unbelievably great. Yeah, man. I mean, like, this book is so fucking good. Like the bit where Mephisto is like, "Hey, Doctor Doom, look if you want to, like if you if you're here, we can make a deal. Like I could give you the entire world." And Doom looks at him and goes, "Motherfucker, I can have the world if I want it." <laughs> that it rocks. Only thing stopping me from ruling the world right now, Mephisto, is that I don't want to. So, you know, maybe jot that down in your little notebook. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. His little gizmo. He gives Doctor Strange. Yeah, his, his little device. The fact that this is only one of like the top three Doctor Doom stories is a tribute to how good Doctor Doom is. Mm-hmm. But it it I'm not sure if it's number three, number two, or number one. It's real good. It's it's man, it's fucking good. Like Doctor Strange gets imprisoned in Crystal. And it's like, okay, Mephisto's got you now and I'm going to get my mom back. But then, yeah, Doom just, Doom just slips in that little, that little do, doohickey. <laughs> and it's so, so good. Yeah. And I love that, like, I, the, the thing that I really, really love about this is that it's not a thing Doctor Strange could have done. And, and Doctor Strange, I forgot about this. Doctor Strange doesn't know. Yeah. No, Doom, Doom betrays him, and that's part of the plan that Doctor Strange doesn't know about. Yeah. Doctor Strange is like, what's this thing that Doctor Doom gave to me? Oh, his betrayal, it was fake. And so then they go in together. I forgot, I forgot that, it, that Doctor Strange didn't know about it. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's like, the fact that this is... It's specifically, like, a technology thing. Uh-huh. And that, like, of of course, that's not what Mephisto would expect. Right. Because, because this is, like, this is the thing that Doctor Doom has that Doctor Strange doesn't. And so they come to him and they're all like, yeah, we're, we're sorcerers, man. We know all about magic and shit. Like, we're the two most powerful sorcerers on Earth. And then Doctor Doom's like, but also I make little things. I make little gizmos. I might be a robot right now. You don't fucking know. You never know. You never know if I'm a robot. Why don't you, why don't you try me? See if I'm a robot. And I'll make and you the thing famous. Is, <laughs> the thing is that Doom's plan is so good that Mephisto tells them to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. He's like, I'm sick of this. Get out of here. Yeah, but it's oh man, it's good, it's good stuff. Good stuff. The stuff she is good. The stuff she is good. Uh, but of course, Doom has to lose something, and he frees his mother's soul, but she disowns him. Yeah. Yeah. He sends her soul to heaven, but she's like, I right. can't believe you would betray someone like this. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Oh. Ridiculous how good this comic. Roger Stern, man. Roger Stern, wildly underrated. W- one, of, one of the best. To ever do it. One of the best to ever do it, like, has some of the best stories to his name. All right. Give me a spot. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's like, it's a solidly raw moment. Like Dr. Doom's good. I don't think it's. mm, Triumph and Torment again is one of those things where it's like, 
this is a better story than a lot of the stuff on this list, but I don't know if it's as raw as a lot of the stuff on this list, you know? Yeah, I th- I I think it works as a complete story rather than moments you take out. Yeah. Um, uh, but I but I do think that like, reason pretty solid. Go ahead. Yeah, pretty solid. I I, th- I don't think it makes the top ten. Ow. But I think it's better than Captain UK annihilating the Fury. I mean, I would agree. I would agree. So this could be the new number thirteen. What a spooky number for us to end on, Matt. Ooh. And that wraps us up. You heard it here first, folks. Roger Stern makes Alan Moore look like trash. <laughs> Even though Alan Moore, a different Alan Moore moment is right above that. Thank you for sending in your raw 666 moments. It got a lot of discussion out of us. Um, if you would like to send in a Thursday Night Raw moment, it doesn't have to be about hell or the devil or anything. It could be anything you want. Uh, you can send it to our email address, which is warrocketpodcast at gmail.com. That's also where you can send every story ever lists and listener questions and get in touch with us about other stuff, like maybe sponsoring the show. Mike Sterling, let us know. You can also get in touch with us on Tumblr. We're at warrocketpodcast.tumblr.com. We're on blue sky at warrocketajax.bsky.social. And if you really want to be part of the conversation uh, of War Rocket Ajax fans, then join our Discord. Uh, you have to be invited to be a member of the War Rocket Ajax Discord, but if you ask us for an invitation very nicely, we will provide you with one. WarRocketWiki.com is the fan-run repository of all the information you could need to know about War Rocket Ajax. You can also find every episode of the show we've ever done at our website, which is WarRocketAjax.com. If you want to find me and my stuff, go to mattdwilson.net. It has links to my books, my podcasts, my comics, and my social media accounts. Chris, where can people find you? I'll see you in hell. He got you. He got you, folks. JK, JK, y'all know where to find me. It's fine. We'll be back next week. Going to be having a lot more fun. I think it, Matt, I think it might be time for the Jurgies to hit 2024. Ooh, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. All right, so join us for that. Until then, folks, don't forget, Black Lives Matter. Trans rights are human rights. As are abortion rights. Drag is not a crime. And cops, not your friends. But we love you. We love you. Yeah!